You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, everybody, and welcome back into another episode of Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in action, talking all things Texas A&M, and today it's Victory Monday, a victory in Little Apple. Texas A&M somehow found a way to get back on the winning streak in college basketball. We'll be talking all about that. And also a quick glimpse into the offensive line of next year. Now that there is a brand new name joining the mix for the Texas A&M offensive line, where could he fit after being a grad transfer? This episode of Locked on Aggies is brought to you by Built Bar, where a protein bar meets a candy bar. Go visit BuiltBar.com and use the promo code Locked On to save 20% off your next order. That promo code is Locked On at BuiltBar.com. For all of our new guests coming in from Tigna, thank you so much for joining. If this is your first time catching the show, and welcome for you being here. Remember, we're on every single day. Subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast listening systems. Plus, while you're at it, make sure you're following us on social media. At Mr. Cole Thompson, I am the host of the show and I love public feedback. Anything you can do to help make this a more quality sounding podcast, let me know and I will add it into the mix. Secondly, Locked on Aggies. Locked on Aggies is your number one source of all things 12 fan related content found here on LOP. You can subscribe on iTunes, listen on Spotify, and if you can't do any of that, listen live every single day at LockedOnPodcast.com. Texas A&M. There's something about the basketball program that is always going to be kind of an up and down battle. And I think that's just going to be the case all of 2021. You're never going to have a straight up outcome where it feels like you're going to pull away with a victory or you're going to be very set in having a strong game. It just feels like every game will either come down to the wire at halftime and you'll have a better synopsis of what the team's going to be. And that's kind of how I feel going into this upcoming week. Now, after squandering a late lead against LSU on Tuesday night, it was AM's turn to come back and rally as the Aggies closed on a 13-3 notch run to pick up the 68-61 victory over the Kansas State Wildcats as part of the Big 12 SEC Classic. One of the biggest things of AM that has been their problem all season has been the turnovers. Regardless of the position, they have been atrocious at it. There's no denying it, whether they're on offense and they're allowing defenders to swat the ball out of their hands to go for two points in the opposite direction, whether they cannot force turnovers. After finishing with eight turnovers against LSU, the Aggies did something they haven't done all season. They finished with a grand total of nine turnovers on the day. Now, nine seems like a lot, but this is the second time all season that they haven't had double-digit turnovers in a game. It also limited the Wildcats to just 11 points off the turnovers and two fast break points, meaning those breakaway points, most of those eight at the clock. And on those plays, I think it was only 36% of the shots taken were the ones where they actually struggled. Now, on top of that, the Maroon and White shot close to 48% in the second half and lived at the 3 throw line, knocking down all 18 of their second half points. On top of all of that, they also had one of the better games when it came to second half performances. They finished with 44 points in the final 20 minutes, which is the highest scoring half this season for an Aggie team. Not only that, you also had your veterans really stepping up and deliver. J.J. Chandler and Savion Flagg each posted 14 points, while Flagg also led the team with 8 rebounds, including 4 off the offensive glass to get points in favor 
of Texas A&M. The team also was able to get really strong production inside the paint from their seniors, uh, Kevin Mafardo. He was a major factor in the win with six rebounds to go along with four points, including four of his rebounds coming in the last 13 minutes of play. Biggest thing is that they closed out the game. That's what I take away more than anything else from this. A&M blew their shot to win against LSU. They had the momentum to really start off that first five minutes and then LSU ran away. LSU kind of just forced their way. They kept knocking. They kept the lead. Then at the very last second, it all went downhill. It went downhill fast. Instead, it was this time that the Aggies were able to come up with key stops against Kansas State. They forced a pair of turnovers inside the final two minutes that led to four points at the free throw line because the Wildcats wanted to stop the clock. After trailing by three with just over two minutes to play, AM closed in on a 13-3 run, holding the Wildcats to one field goal in the final two minutes, and they went 1-2 at the free throw line. Now, again, one of the other things that you really got to take away from this game more than that is that Andre Gordon, he had one of his better games of the year. And what I mean by better, it doesn't always mean points for or points allowed. It means consistent production. And that's what I look at when you look at a guy like Gordon. He had 10 points on the day. He shot 87% of the free throw line, 7 of 8. He had 3 rebounds, 3 assists, a steal that led to a Quinton Jackson uh, bucket, and he went 1 of 5 of the field goal range. He also went 1 of 3 from 3-pointers. So, it's not a terrible game. But the thing is, look at his stats from the last two games. Combined against LSU and Mississippi, he had 10 total points. That's his hit, 10 points. And he was coming off one of his best games of his entire career against Missouri, where he had 19. And before that, he even doubled down and he had 11 points. So to be able to get back on that consistent level for a guy who's playing your two, a guy who's been really good at playing that position, is a good step in the right direction. Now you just got to keep him going this way. Emmanuel Miller, no surprise, had another dang good game overall. 12 total points, 44% at the field goal range, 100% at the free throw line, 5 rebounds, a steal. He didn't have 3 personal fouls, but he also got a block, and he also uh, got, yeah, 12 points. Guy's playing great. When these two play well, it does look better for AM. Think about this for a second. Last game against LSU, when they couldn't find any offensive rhythm in the last five minutes of the game. It's because if he had two points and those two points came, I believe it was in, I want to say it was in the first three minutes of the game. I think that was when he has two points. He had a season low of 14 minutes in, in the game. This game, 27 minutes, uh, 44%, 100% at the field goal range. I like it. That That's exactly what I think was needed this upcoming season. A&M drops their three-game losing streak. They pick up a win. They now improve to 8-7 and seven on the year. It won't go to conference play, so A&M still is ranked 13th in the SEC, but they can have a good shot to start to rebound and pick up the pace when they take on Vanderbilt this upcoming Wednesday before taking on Arkansas on Saturday. After that, they got Georgia before they face off against number 22, Florida, and top 10 ranked Alabama. Good stretch of games. I think they could possibly win four of those games. Alabama's going to be a tough one to get past. 
Nobody is beating Alabama right now. I mean, Alabama, they lost this weekend. It was their first loss. Um, what was it? It was in like, like the weeks. They hadn't lost in the SEC. They hadn't lost to anyone. Yeah, they lost to Oklahoma uh, 66-51. That was their first 10 games. That's just, that, that's just tough for anyone to do. This is just a very special year with Nate Oates. So maybe they get that one. And if they do, it's the biggest one of the year for AM. 100%. Not even a question. That would be the biggest one for them for the rest of the year. But we'll talk about that on a later date. There is one thing that no matter what we say is different between men and women, I do believe any person really does care about this. And it's their personal hygiene, number one, and the way that their hair looks, number two. For men, it's not just the facial hair. It's the haircut. It's the hairstyle. It's the length. It's the luxurious. It's the luxury of having the hair. And the biggest problem is male pattern baldness is becoming worse the older you get, especially when you start going into your 20s and 30s. Thankfully, now there's Keeps, the simple way to keep your hair. Two out of three guys will experience some form of male pattern baldness by the time they're 35. The best way to help with hair prevents loss is to do something while you have left. Keeps offers generic versions as only one of two FDA hair loss products out there. You may have tried them before, but you probably haven't at this price. And prevention is key. Keeps helps treatment typically takes before four to six months before you see results. So it's important to act fast. The sooner you start, the sooner you will keep your hair. Go visit keeps.com slash locked on college to receive your first month of treatment for free. That's keeps. K-E-E-P-S dot com slash locked on college to get your very first month of hair treatment for free. Find out why Keeps has more than any five-star reviews out there when you go visit their website and treatment start at just $10 a month. Keeps. Keep your hair. Keep your smile. Keep looking pretty. One thing that we for sure love here at Locked On Podcast is the fact that we know that betting is going to be at an all-time high. You got the Super Bowl this upcoming weekend. You got the NBA going on. MLB is soon to come back. And college basketball? That is easily the best shot for you to win any single money. So if you want to try and win some money this upcoming year, go make sure you place the bets at the one place we love and the one place we trust. That's betonline.ag. BetOnline.ag will help you get into the action with the best lines, the best payouts, and the best information when you follow them on social media at BetOnline underscore AG. Stop sitting on the sidelines and get into the action. And when you go visit BetOnline.ag and use the promo code Locked On, you'll get a 50% welcome bonus off your first deposit. Use that promo code Locked On at BetOnline.ag for 50% off your very first deposit. BetOnline.ag. Your online sportsbooks experts. Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in action, talking all things Texas A&M. Guys, make sure you're tuning into our brand new show, the Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day off with the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcast listening systems. So let's talk about Texas A&M football. You know, again, again I, I mean, people ask me why I talk so much football. Because if anyone out there knows, when basketball is struggling, when baseball season's still not here, this is the focus about nine times out of ten. I know a lot of people are going to say, well, where's Kellen Mond? Don't worry, I'm doing an entire episode on Kellen Mond tomorrow and what he did at the Senior Bowl. But do everything about that. So we're going to talk about him tomorrow. 
Come back in. Make sure you listen. That's a preview for what you can hear on Tuesday's episode. But let's just start about today. Texas A&M has lost four offensive linemen. They are going to return Kenyon Green, which is great news because in my opinion, he is the best of the linemen. You keep your best one. But you lose Dan Moore. You lose Carson Green. You lose Ryan McCollum. And you lose Jared Hawker. You now have to replace, in my opinion, one of the biggest reasons Kellen Baum was so successful this year. His offensive line got better. Last season, it was the same four starters, except McCollum. So four returned from uh, 2019 to 2020. You had these guys in a rhythm, in a repertoire, in a mix to understand what was needed to be successful. And they got better year in and year out. The thing that I always focus in on so much is that offensive line, whether you care to admit it or not, is the most detrimental, essential part of a quarterback success. Yeah, but what about the weapons? All right, Kellen Mom won nine games with the weapons he had. Yeah, but what about the defense? Defense was great. Kellen Mom got bailed out by them once. The rest of the time, he actually was able to do a lot. But a run game. Well, the run game is the reason why AM was very successful this year. But you don't have a good run game without an offensive line. A quarterback's best friend is not a number one receiver. And I know a lot of people are going to be out there and go, yes, it is. No, it's not. An offensive line that has rhythm, consistency, balance, can work well in the passing set, can work well in holding run blocks, can be finesse blockers, can open running lanes, can be downfield after yards per play, can make plays and allow a quarterback to hold the ball longer than three seconds and work in a clean pocket is so much more valuable than any wide receiver, in my opinion. A quarterback's best friend is a good offensive line. You don't believe me? Let's look at the NFL just for one quick second. And NFL and college are very different. And I would have used college this year if I would have been able to see every team play the exact same amount of games. I can't do that. The top 10 offenses in the NFL this year were the Kansas City Chiefs, the Buffalo Bills, the Tennessee Titans, the Minnesota Vikings, Green Bay Packers, Arizona Cardinals, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Las Vegas Raiders, Los Angeles Chargers, and Indianapolis Colts. Those were the top 10 ranked offenses on total yards per game. Of those top 10 offenses that were mentioned, seven of them are in the bottom 10 of sacks allowed in 2020. And let's just take it a step further. You want to go a little bit further? Of the 10 teams with the fewest amount of sacks allowed, nine of them were in the playoffs this year. Protection is just as important as having good receivers. Aaron Rodgers and that offense in Green Bay was ridiculed all year long because they didn't have any weapons on the outside. All he did was he set a new NFL record. First quarterback in NFL history to throw for at least 40 touchdowns in three different seasons. Only time. MVP. Why? Great offensive line. That's why Kellen Mom was very successful this year. That's why AM's offense was able to plague the hitting factors. That they didn't really have good good weapons. They didn't really have any big time names. And again, it all comes back to AM. Here's why it all comes back to AM. Because a veteran leadership counts. And I take that into consideration when trying to build a unit. Especially a team like AM that needs to replace their offensive line. And on top of all that, they need a guy 
who's been there before. They have that. They actually have that now. Because if they were able to go get a grad transfer, Jameer Johnson from Tennessee, to bring him in to the program for the 2021 season. That's huge. He came out of Philadelphia. He went to Rhode Island, an FCS school. Listed at six foot five, 270 pounds at the time. He has grown by 20 pounds after he signed with Tennessee. He played one start at left tackle in his first season with the Volunteers. Last season, he was on the COVID-19 list up and down. He also had some injuries, but he played a grand total of seven games. He made five starts all at left tackle. If Kenyon Green is your guy, and he is your guy, and you want to continue to build him as a guard, which I personally think, if that's the best move, go for it. That's now your left side of the offensive line. You have the two most senior positions on the left side protecting your quarterback. Whether it be Stowers, Kings, Calzada, both have experience playing in the SEC. Both have taken on pass rushes. You look at a guy like Johnson, what does he bring to the table? Good upper body strength. Everything that you've seen, he does very well with his good upper body strength. The problem is, can he get beat at the line of scrimmage? He is great at delivering punches. He is great at knocking a defender off balance. However, his feet are slow. Can he get a little bit faster as that? Each step, he has gotten a little bit better. He started his way up as a utility player, eventually became a starter. There's value in there because he can play either side of the line. And why is that so important to me? Well, because if you have a guy who you still don't know what his role is going to be, and that's Chris Morris. Morris, the kid out of Western Arkansas, was someone who was highly regarded for being a name to watch for in the upcoming years. Now, not this year, because you already saw the line, but you had to see him play in zero games last year, but he's definitely built better than a guy like Blake Trainer. He's built better than a guy like Josh Bankhead. He's built better than a guy like anyone else out there besides Ruben Fathery to play left tackle. So say Johnson, a guy who has veteran experience playing on this line, they can go ahead and they can move him to right tackle. They can move him inside a guard if they really want to. He could definitely be somewhat of a Colton Prater. Prater played center, right guard, right tackle during two years, uh, during three years at a and And he started for two of them. He was smart enough to be a name to watch for. And that's kind of what Jimbo Fisher has said about Kenyon Green. He's smart enough to play center if we want him to. He's fast enough to play tackle if we want him to. He's strong enough to be a lead blocker at guard if we want him to. It's where do we want him to play? That's where he's going to play. Where the hole is, is where he's going to be, in my opinion. So you got Johnson. Who's the rest of your offensive line? Where will Johnson play? Will he play guard? Will he play on the inside? You have to look at what you lost. I mean, you're you're probably playing Luke Matthews next year at some point. Johnson is a guy who is going to probably get an overall plug-and-play starting role. Do you play him on the right side? Do you play him on the left side? I don't think he's this big-time name 
that's going to destroy and make AM so much better in past sets. But that veteran talent in a conference like the SEC, that's why you play him. He knows the speed. He has seen it live. He knows the stunts. He knows what teams are out there. And more than that, he played in the SEC East, two games of which will be coming from AM. He's already played Missouri. He played South Carolina. And yeah, South Carolina has a brand new head coach. I think everyone knows that. But he already knows what Eliah Drinkwitz wants to run out there. He knows what that defense is going to look like, even if they don't have Nick Bolton back next year. That's how talented this team can be. That's how fantastic this offensive line needs to be. A guy like Johnson, you just play him. And maybe he's not the full-time starter. Maybe he is a rotational guy just to start the year off. But he knows SEC speed. That alone gives him an upgrade. The last two years, A&M has not had to replace anyone. Because even Ryan McCollum, McCollum would have been in line to be a starter for Eric McCoy if he did not get hurt in training camp. McCollum might have beaten out Prater for the offensive line. And then that would have been the same offensive line for two straight years for A&M. Not a single change on it. You're changing everything. You need someone who has played in the SEC just to start the year off right. And maybe some people don't like that. Some people shouldn't care. You need guys who are used to playing in the offensive line to get your young quarterback feeling accustomed to what it means to have time to throw the ball. I'll say it once, I'll say it again. A quarterback's best friend is a great offensive line. This episode of Locked on Aggies is brought to you by Built Bar. Now you know the Built Bar code of the past 12 different flavors, 12 variety of units that are so deliciously a treat, but now there's six new flavors, including Cherry Barcia, Cookies and Cream, Apple Almond Crisp, and Lemon Cheesecake. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate and are really soft and easy to chew. So they're more like candy bars than they are actually protein bars. Plus, they're low in calorie, low in sugar, high in protein, high in fiber, and great for anybody on the keto diet. 30 for 30 challenge is almost over. Today is my last day doing two-a-days. I have had a peanut butter brownie bar every single morning because it's got 19 grams of protein, 180 calories, 5 grams of sugars, 5 grams of net carbs. You're not going to find a product like this anywhere else out on the shelves. And when you visit BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON to get 20% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Stop eating the salty sweets and enjoy a treat that will meet your needs. Built Bar from BuiltBar.com. Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in action, talking all things Texas A&M. On tomorrow's show, I kind of already previewed it a little bit. Kellen Mott, he was named the MVP of the Senior Bowl. He got a great showing from scouts. He was beloved up in Mobile from everyone that I spoke to. What's he going to be like? How's he going to do next year? We're going to talk all about that. We're going to talk about where you can land in the NFL draft and so much more. Make sure you tune in on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Aggies. Let's focus in on a little bit of recruiting before we head on out of here. 2021's National Signing Day will be here on Wednesday, and we'll be talking all about the actual final class. However, while Texas A&M pretty much is done with their overall class, 
Cypher running back LJ Johnson is going to be the name that a lot of people are going to be watching out for. He's had another incredible year this past year. And on 24-7 Player Sports, he was voted as the number four running back in the nation, the number 44 national player, and finished with a 97th overall grade. He's now the 52nd ranked player by some. Uh, when you look at all of his recruits, it's looking like there's going to be a final three that come down to it. Alabama, who had Charles uh, Charlie Huff and Jeff Banks, they lost with one of them. Um, and they also lost their main guy, who is now at good old Texas in C. Sarkeesian. And then there's Texas A&M. That's what it's looking like. If he goes to A&M, there'd be six running backs. The question is, how much more is now Texas in favor of LJ now that they missed out on Eric Gray? Do the Aggies need LJ Johnson? No, not for 2021. But think about this. Anaya Smith will be draft eligible next year, as will Isaiah Spiller. If Spiller has a 1,000-yard season, I believe, I'm not mistaken, that would mark all three years he'd finish with 1,000 yards if you include the bowl game with it. Now, that's not to say that, you know, there haven't been some mishaps. You know, there's been some games where he's really broken out. There's been some games where he struggled. He hasn't played at an all-consistent level. But he's draft eligible, and if you have 1,000 yards in college, nine times out of 10, if you do it in the SEC, that means you're going pro. And then you look at what Kadarius Toney did this past year for Florida. He wasn't just a one-man, you know, wide receiver. Trevon Grimes was a wide receiver. Tony was more of a gadget guy. He's what a team, like I think, and this one personally for me, with Anthony Lynn now there, I like that the Detroit Lions take him. Now, does that mean that they take him at seven in the draft? No. That probably means you take him at, you know, you trade back or you trade up in back into the first round to take him. Um, I like him for a team like Washington. I like him for a team like New Orleans. Pete Carmichael system. They, <coughs> they use a guy by the name of Alvin Kamara in a very similar way. Now you got two of them. Any young quarterback or any veteran quarterback with no arm would be great to have him. That's what Nia Smith is. If Smith can have that same type of year, we're talking about a top 25 player. So then you're left with Devon A. Chain. That's when you need LJ Johnson. You need him not for 2021. You need him for 2022. If everything goes the way it should, I believe LJ Johnson will be the final name for Texas A&M. There's going to be another four-star recruit that could, after all the rankings are done, be pushed up to a five-star. That would possibly make four five-star recruits for Texas A&M. That'd be the most in the Jimbo Fisher era at Texas A&M. That's going to be the name to watch for. That's going to be the storyline to follow. I'm going to be keeping a close eye on it. And probably on Thursday's show, that's when we will start talking a little bit more about the upcoming future of what LJ Johnson could bring to Texas A&M. That's going to do it for this edition of Lockdown Aggies. Make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson at Lockdown Aggies. Subscribe to get your podcast system systems. We'll see you tomorrow when we talk all things Kellen Mond. How much did his draft stock improve this past week? See you then. Remember, big up y'all. This has been Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network.